Welcome to The Hum Podcast, Highland University Ministries online space. We seek to be a voice that walks with you through scripture and helps guide you to pray out of scripture. Right now, we are studying through the book of Ephesians together. In this episode, we'll be talking about Ephesians 6, 21 through 24 and the power of in-person. So grab your Bibles and let's get started. I've always been a fan of the phrase on brand, mostly because it's a perfect summation of saying, yeah, that checks out or that fits their reputation. And if you've never heard someone use this phrase to describe someone, let me give you an example of someone in university ministry. You ready for it? Every time I think about Abby Collins, I immediately think of tea to go. Why? Because it's her brand. She always has it in her hand. I mean, it was either in her hand or on her feed anytime, fall or spring. One could say that she maybe has a tea to go drinking problem. It was everywhere. Class, retreat, dig, field trips, study abroad. Just kidding on that last one. But every time I see tea to go without Abby, I feel like something's incomplete in my world. The two are associated with each other. It's her brand. And as we come to a close for Ephesians, it's worth noting that Paul has a brand. But Paul isn't on brand for this closing of his letter. He actually closes it a different way, a way that reminds us that it all starts and ends with the one who created the way. So go ahead and take a moment to pause this podcast. And if you haven't, read through Ephesians 6, 21 through 24, and then press play for us to nerd out over this passage of Scripture. Nerding out. Now, I'm sure that the amount of Scripture you just read wore you out, but seriously, I hope it didn't because it was only a couple of verses. Uh, so it's just the sending of this letter. And Paul's usual brand for the ending of a letter is one that sounds like he's accepting an Oscar. He addresses and thanks so many people, you think he's about to include his mom. And usually the list of people that he brings to that letter is usually household names of different people who are hosting a church. But this ending is short and sweet and to the point. And the reason it's to the point is so it can be so apparent about three different points to end Ephesians. All right, first point is this. It can be found in the phrasing, peace to the brothers and sisters, and grace to all who love our Lord. Let's just put it this way. Verses don't get any more formal and simpler than 23 and 24. The sending has this inclusive language. It's not... It's not very detailed, reminding us that the truths of Jesus Christ that are talked about on this letter are not just for the humans that it's being written to, but for all humankind. The second is his articulation of how this letter will be shared through the lips of Titicus. He's not as prominent as Timothy or Barnabas, but we have reference of him in Acts 20. Paul wants us to know that the news of God is always brought in the form 
of in-person. In-person is powerful, and it speaks to the nature of the gospel that God doesn't just send messages, but the messages of God come through in-person experiences. And even the gospel message, the good news of God, is brought in person by Jesus. And Paul is sending one of his fellow ministry workers to remind the people of Ephesus about this. Now, third and finally is the intentionality behind Paul's choosing of the phrase, undying love. Our English translation doesn't quite reveal the intentionality, but if you were to look at the original language that it's written in, it's actually the final phrase of the letter. It ends with the words undying love. It's almost as if Paul has intentionally made an effort to end the letter the same way it started. The beginning of our undying love for Jesus first begins with the dying love that Jesus had for us. Now that's Paul creating a mic drop. All right, let's call something out of this closing piece in Ephesians. Many before have called out how Paul's phrasing of undying love isn't a common phrase that's actually found in the New Testament. The root of the word means something along the lines of with incorruptibility. What's even more interesting is that if you were to step back into your English class and try to map out this sentence, you would quickly realize it's ambiguous to what the phrase links itself to. Is it talking about the love people have for Jesus or Jesus's love for the church? Which one is incorruptible? Translators have gone both ways, and as anyone will learn if you sit with the Bible long enough to questions that's which one, questions sometimes are answered with a resounding yes. And this is the beauty of the sentence. Why? And now, this is a Zane opinion from here at this point, but I think the the why is very strong and it's meaningful. Because theology is interpersonal. When putting flesh on thoughts about God, it can't help but get personal. It even gets personal through the person of Jesus. The love of Jesus is incorruptible. Even in the face of death on a cross, Jesus didn't turn away from humanity. The mystery, though, is how God chooses people who sometimes have corruptible love for Jesus' love to be displayed. That's incorruptible. People will not be perfect in love, but the perfect love of Jesus comes through imperfect people. And this is how God chooses for us to experience the divine love in the flesh with each other. This is a miracle. This is the work of God. And this is the work that Paul speaks of in Ephesians. You can't truly know, experience, and accept the love of God without the love of God through God's people. It's how we come to know it in the first place. Another thing that people have noted when it comes to ascending is how Paul doesn't discuss any travel plans, which he tends to do in a lot of the closings of his letter. People project this because Paul knows that he is staying 
put for the foreseeable future, which sounds a lot like the summer that's coming up for you as well. But even while Paul stays put, he sends a message with his travel partner. And the way to go out from this passage today is maybe for you to send a message to God and a message to your travel partner. So here's how we pray out of this one. Take a second to choose one of your friends who has traveled through the experience of Abilene with you so far. Once you've selected who that person is while you're at a distance with them, take a moment to think of the ways that they have influenced you and encouraged you to be closer with God. Spend a couple minutes in prayer thanking God for their presence and then video yourself saying the things that you just prayed to God on their behalf of. And once you capture your message on video, send it to them to let them know that you're praying for them. This isn't a way of putting your prayer on display to be recognized. It's a crucial way that in a time of distance, we bring a message that's in person. Because ideas about God come alive through messages that are in person. And this is true of Jesus. And this is true of you who follows Jesus. I hope you embrace this during your time of prayer. This has been the Hum Podcast over Ephesians for this season. Thanks for listening with us. And let us know what you think we should tackle next on this podcast. See you soon, friends.